welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me as always is my co-host, Chuck Bailey. Chuck, you lost any socks lately? Uh, I don't think so, but that's the thing. You don't know until you open the drawer to put them on. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) That, that does appear to be true for you, yeah. Yeah, you don't know until you like you, you put them away. I don't know. Maybe I have. Maybe there's socks evaporating into the ether as we speak. Do you uh, pair them up when you put them away, or are you just throwing single socks in a drawer somewhere? I, I gave up pairing them up years ago, mate, because I don't have any pairs. That was what something that shocked me last week when you said, "Oh yeah, sometimes I throw single socks away." When I listened back, I was like, "You, you, you maniac! I miss that." But throwing single socks away—it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, there's much better uses you can put them to. Oh, oh, oh! Put them on your shame. feet. No, what? What? Oh. <laughs> Lowering the tone so early in the show. It's bodes it's, well. It's early, it's early days. Early days. In the background and throwing in some comments, there is super producer Ian Stimson. Ian, how are we doing today? How do? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. I shouldn't chip in until I'm introduced. It's terribly bad form. Um, how are you, though, Oscar? I, I, you've had some uh, travel difficulty this week. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> Am I getting I'm gonna go into it, I guess? Yeah, go on. How bad was it? Uh well I got a text message from the airline, which is always a good good starting point. Um we were having a little you know, weekend getaway with the wife down in South Carolina and I got a text message saying that the uh flight or Sunday morning flight has been cancelled. Not even delayed, just straight up cancelled. And they rebooked us on a Tuesday morning flight. Uh, which, as you realize, is pretty far away from Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, I can't really afford to take two days off work. Um, so I call the airline, and I got a two-and-a-half-hour fucking wait on hold. Ugh. And then I get a hold of them, and they're like, well, there's a big snowstorm coming. We canceled, like, over a 1,000 flights. Um, so there's not really much we can do for you. I was like, all right, well, give me a refund, and I'll get a rental car. And I just got a rental car, and we just started driving. How far? Uh, what was it? Like 900 miles or so? Uh, to put oh, that, that in some, <laughs> some English context, that's driving from London to Liverpool, then back to London, then back to Liverpool, and then back to London one last time. So two round trips. Uh, we did that with like a three-hour break for sleep in the middle, just straight, because we had to get ahead of the snowstorm that was coming in. So we just drove and drove and drove. Oh, needless to say, I am still a fucking mess. That was yesterday that we got back. It was like 16 hours of driving and a few hours of sleep in the middle. is pretty horrible, horrible way to have a relaxing weekend getaway with my wife. But uh, how about you guys? I mean, I still had a pretty good Saturday despite that, uh, given certain on-the-pitch events. Don't know what you're talking about, mate. Yeah, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we're happy to have you. If you are still coming back uh, three episodes later, looking for Marvel content, you get about one or two references <laughs> per episode. But uh, yeah, please, by uh, all means, do stick around. Spider Man, um, Wonder Woman. There you go. Brilliant. Yeah. Keywords. Put them in. Yeah. Be fine. There it is. Marvel DC. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait. We'll maybe we'll get to this uh, towards the end of the episode. But that Avengers trailer. Oh boy. Oh boy. No spoilers. Oh, did you not see the trailer? I don't watch trailers. Oh, no. Now, t- now tune this into me being a hipster or some shit. I just don't watch trailers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm going like, to pay like 500 quid to see a film, I want it to be the first time I see the film. That's it. 
I don't okay. want I don't want a teaser. I don't want a second teaser. I don't want a Comic Con reveal. I don't want three more fucking trailers. I don't want it. Oh man, I love a good trailer. Wow. We'll have to put a poll out on that. We'll see. Do you guys watch trailers or no? <laughs> and see what the, the you know, our friends on the Twitters say. Um, but yes, if you are back, thank you. We love you. Happy to have you. Uh, the run through goes like this. We do some news. We do a big story. We take a break. We do some listener stuff and predictions and take a look at next week's pictures and call it a day. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Sounds I always good. like that bit because it helps me to know what is actually going to happen as well. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, if we have got listeners coming back, uh, I've got some news. They're probably from Norway because for one day last week, I've never heard of it before, but the website Chartable said that we were number one in Norway for sports podcasts. Big in Norway! Huge in Norway! Scandinavia! Scandinavia! <laughs> you want to know where we are now? Where, well, uh, yeah, go on. 198. Yay! Ah. <laughs> we were top for a day. Yeah, it said Take it. at least sometime during the day. A website <laughs> I've never heard of said that we were number one in Norway. We were chartable. There we go. Hello to our Norwegian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yep. oh, I never should yep. have said anything. And uh, if you're listening to this in the morning, God Morgan. You, well, you're very quick on Google. I'll give you yeah. that. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get started with some rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Our top story this evening. Barcelona security sent to find Osman Dembele after he was two hours late for training. Gentlemen, have you ever been two hours late for a meeting and had security sent to find you? Yeah, I can't say I've ever had any suits sent after me. To find out what the hell happened. <laughs> what happened with him? Like, why was he... I mean, A, why was he late? And B, imagine being sent the heavies after you. Yeah, it seems a little excessive. Can they t- Can they rough him up? Can they, like, bundle him into a car and take him to training? Would he be too valuable? <laughs> Could he just pay him off and then they bugger off? I don't know. Well, he was just at home playing video games, apparently, with his friends. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, <laughs> just fucked <laughs> off practice. Yeah. <laughs> Is he going to have the same back issue now as Mesut Ozil has apparently got? That, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether I'm sandwiching in this or hijacking your news segment, but Meza Ozil was apparently been told like his back problems could be caused by playing too much Fortnite or sitting over a computer. No. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh my god. Typically, you know, English people on Twitter were like, ah, fucking in my day, <laughs> we tackled people and broke their legs. We didn't play Fortnite. Yeah, we didn't sit and play games. We just uh, drank our livers into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> what are you boys drinking tonight, speaking of drinking? Uh, well, I ran out of beer, so um, Robinson's apple and blackcurrant. I'm on the cider, but I might graduate to a Bailey's because uh, someone at work got me a bottle of Bailey's for Christmas. Definitely a freelancer who wants to continue his work stream, but anyway, I'll take it. <laughs> Why do you buy people? Why why are there certain things that only get drunk at certain times of the year? Yeah. Like if if it was May and someone bought you a bottle of Bailey's, you'd, <laughs> you'd be outraged <laughs> and think, "What the hell?" But as it's Christmas, it's like, "Oh, that's fine." Yeah, or like yeah. you only drink Advocat because it's Christmas because oh, everyone God. wants a liqueur made from egg, wow. and oh. It's St. Patrick's Day, so I must like Guinness this one day of the year. Oscar's <laughs> face when you said a liqueur made of egg. Yeah, not, <laughs> not happy with not that. Not appealing. Yeah. Eggnog, dude. Eggnog. Same shit. 
Alright, next story. Dries Mertens says, I looked at the Anfield sign and thought, is this so special? No one comes to Napoli and goes, oh, is this it? Maybe they need the sign. This is Napoli. Don't Napoli have a stadium that is like the Coliseum with the massive gap between the pitch and the stands? Like, literally, there is, you. if you go over the advertising hoardings at the side of the Napoli pitch, there's about a 12-foot drop. <laughs> is there really? Yeah, there's like a video of a guy jumping over to celebrate and he just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually a moat with alligators. It's a real intimidation See, factor. that's more impressive. That's why he was he was assuming like this is Anfield, thinking like, right, so am I going to have to cross a field with like bears <laughs> or some crap in it? You know, because Napoli, they have to cross like a moat of alligators to get to the pitch. Definitely what West Ham should do. There's enough space between the supporters and the pitch. They'll be fine. Yeah, make some sort of ring of fire. Like, forget about the bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Phil Foden has agreed to a new five-and-a-half-year contract extension with City. The 18-year-old playmaker is now contracted to the club until 2024. What's more terrifying, gentlemen, that he is 18 and making that much money, or that <laughs> the year 2024 is rapidly approaching? Um, how old would that make you then, Ian? In 2024, how old will I be? Yeah. 40. Oh, I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> that hurt to say it. Ian, someone just signed a contract that will continue to the day that you are 40. Yeah, I'm having a bit of an existential moment here, guys. Crack open that bottle of Baileys. <laughs> chug, 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 chug. Away! Oh, dear. <laughs> we've we've genuinely lost Ian for the rest of this episode. Check it. It's just me and you now. Yeah. All right. And uh, the final news story and the actual serious one for the week, Raheem Sterling and the whole fracas at the Chelsea game. Chelsea fans, four of them have been banned for a- alleged, you can drop out alleged there, abuse of the Manchester City forward. It's not libelous if it's actually been done and, and you can say they're racists. It's fine. <laughs> they are. Yep. Um, Manchester City welcomed Chelsea's decision to issue suspensions, severe sanctions, and bans. The club and Raheem are fully engaged with the Chelsea FC investigation and authorities as they continue to examine the events in question. Blah, 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 blah. To me, the bigger story here was Sterling's uh, post on social media. I think it was on Instagram. Um, yeah. Finally calling out the media for just being blatantly racist um, and treating him unfairly compared to how they treat every other young English star. Do you guys have any takes on this? Any, like, other than to say about fucking time? Yeah, I mean, it's... You look at how long he hasn't said anything and kept himself to himself and for, for years now. And now he comes out and, and he worded it very very well and very diplomatically and, and, and didn't necessarily even come out and specifically say that the papers themselves are racist just that they help to kind of propagate that kind of racist narrative and using like we've spoken about on this show before you know and and using previous previous example phil phil foden is that it's an outrage when raheem sterling pays x amount of money to buy his mum a house but when phil foden does it it's absolutely fine and it's a nice thing to do basically there's been a lot of people on Twitter sort of saying, oh, uh, they didn't necessarily say that. They said something else. Uh, they said mank instead of black. And it's like, I haven't seen one person saying that who isn't a white Chelsea fan. 
So it's like have a have a little think about your the agenda you're pursuing there. And I don't think he comes out. I don't think he looks for this trouble. He's like you say, he's kept his counsel for a long time now, mm-hmm. and it's you know he has said he hasn't said exactly what was said to him, but he's basically you know said he was subject to racial abuse. So yeah, Chelsea have have suspended them though. So I mean, there's no more. There's n- <laughs> No place you're more filmed than in a football stadium these days, so it's not like they've got a leg to stand on, really. No, exactly. And even if even if it is true what they say that they're they're only saying you mank. The simple ma- fact is, if you look at that video, you're still leaning over and screaming that at a guy. So so whether so yeah. even even if you take that racism aspect out of it, just yeah, get just absolutely. get out, just get I mean, out. They're they're at least in their forties, and when I get to twenty twenty four. I'd like to think that I'd have a little bit more decorum. Yeah. Yeah, and as the resident Chelsea fan here, I, I feel it's important to say that, like, fuck those guys. I don't care if they support the same team as me. Yeah. Like, that's just scum. And if you are a Chelsea fan and you're finding ways to rationalize defending them, you know, have a long think about that. <laughs> and, yeah. like, where your allegiances should be, whether it's to a team or to, like, the human condition. Being a human being, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Um. So good. I'm glad they came down hard on them. We've had other incidents in the past, notably the um, thing in Paris, the fans after the PSG match one time. Um, and it's not just Chelsea that have, obviously, problematic fans. I think I read online somewhere that 80% of the clubs in the top divisions, the top four divisions of England, have had some sort of racist incident that they've had to address in the it's last five club, years. Because it exists everywhere and it's horrendous. You know, you look at uh, what happened with Aubameyang um, last week at the Tottenham yeah. match, having yeah. bananas thrown at him. Um, right. I can say from my own club as well, there's chants for Tommy Robinson and, and racist and homophobic chants that, that start up. There was the Lukaku stuff earlier in the year with like yeah. Manchester United fans being like, no, 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 but like we're saying it in support of him. And I'm like, no, it's still racism though. Like that doesn't fucking, that's not how that works. No. Um, so I think, you know, horrible. Uh, I'm disappointed that it would be Chelsea fans specifically even, and, and also just in general that people like that exist. You know, obviously as a person of color, I also have dealt with and been on the receiving end of things like that. And I think Raheem's point where he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't expect any better and I just had to laugh it off, I think is like a good sort of way to process those difficult situations that you encounter from time to time. Mm-hmm. Because if you let it get to you, then it's almost like letting them win. While also taking the high road and saying, like, this is happening for reasons and it is systematic and it's disappointing and hopefully we can do something going forward to address it. As opposed to, like, engaging with that specific person in that specific bad scenario. Like, that's just what they want, you know? Mm. So I, I think he handled himself perfectly. I think he has hand- handled himself pretty perfectly for years now. Um, but I was definitely happy to see him finally stand up for himself, basically, like say something, even if it was like after the fact and in a very measured and composed way. Like, I, I think that's good on him. Um, and hopefully that can raise more awareness to this sort of issue. Yeah. All right. That about does it for news, um, which takes us to our big topic for the week. Gentlemen, there's one less undefeated team in England. Dun, dun, dun. Chelsea 2, Manchester City 
Fuck all! Yay! <laughs> we win! <laughs> Chelsea! Chelsea! They lose to Wolves, then they beat Man City. That just shows you how mental the Premier League is. Oh, if that's not the most Chelsea week ever, like, fucking A. That's borderline, like, palace levels of mentalness. And we were the ones last year that nearly ended their, their winning streak as well. That, well, no, we ended their winning streak, sorry, but if... Luka Milivojevic had put away that like 92nd minute penalty then we'd have been the first team to beat City last year so yes it's also a very Palace thing to happen and absolutely crazy uh, now it doesn't that, that, they're still going to win the league I don't care what anyone says perfect what have I been saying about Liverpool all year Liverpool don't have to be the best team they can still win the title if they can mostly keep pace with City and hope that a couple of things bounce their way um, is this an example of that? Liverpool obviously are notably are topping the table now. Chuck, is there any sort of cause for Liverpool fans to be happy or excited that they're at the top of the table? Or of course, of course there is because it's a good. I think it's a good validation for Liverpool because b- before this result, you know, everyone was saying about how they've they've had the best performance. Um, they've ever had in, in in however many years and got the most points, etc., etc. But they were still second, and so I, I think as much as I, I I think Man City will win win the league, and I think they are a better team than Liverpool. You can't say that that's not an incredible thing that that they are they are top of the table on forty two points after sixteen games. They're unbeaten. That's that's an amazing achievement. Absolutely amazing. Um, and and as we're 16 games in now, you've pretty much played everyone in the league. So you can kind of see really what a team is about. You know, it was the same on the year that Leicester won the league. You know, they were top after 19, 20 games and people were still trying to rationalise it. It's like, well, they've played everyone. They've beaten most of them. No, the simple fact still remains that pretty much every team is overperforming their stats, apart from Man City, who are bang on. Plus the fact that it still remains the case that City's goal difference is better than every other team's goals scored. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're a ridiculous team. And to to just run through the numbers for this match specifically, yes, Chelsea scored two goals, City on zero, um, but City beat them on shots 12 to nine. City XG from open play was 1.0 to 0.4. So City had the much better day from open play. Um, obviously the set pieces for Chelsea were kind of a piece, part of what put them over. So they had 0.7 on set pieces to 0.3 for City. Um, and the final XG sum was 1.1 to 1.3. So by no means did Chelsea have the better day than City there. No, they get the rubber to green. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like a complete fluke win either. Like 1.1 to 1.3 is pretty close. So I don't feel like necessarily Chelsea got away with something there or had daylight robbery or anything, but. That Chelsea were able to hang with City says a lot about both of those teams, I think. Um, City, we've seen, are unbelievably good. Um, but they were, you know, even Wolves were able to take them all the way. Um, they're not completely infallible, I think, is the point I'm trying to make. Um, despite being even better than they were last year, and last year probably being one of the best teams ever. This is, like, undoubtedly... City's best ever start, um, both in terms of the actual numbers and in terms of the underlying numbers. And the fact that they can be the best version of City that has ever been in the 
this far into the season and they're in second place is just fucking crazy because it's all it, like that city and Liverpool are both having this tremendous of a start to the season is just phenomenal to watch. And then from the Chelsea side of it, like we know that they can be up and down and on their day and notably against Liverpool and now against City, they can hang with the best of the best. They're certainly capable of that. It's crazy, isn't it? How three weeks ago we were talking about the narrative of the big three teams and it's incredible. Like Premier League's great. And, and the fact that at the top of the table, we can have this and, and, and have these questions going on. Like, is this the greatest team? Well, why is it the greatest team? Could it, could it actually be that this team is better or well, having these discussions makes for it being much more interesting because, you know, we had it. I just, even though it was funny and, and hilarious at the time, but it would be a bit sad if the same thing happened as a few years ago with the Gerard slip and Christian Ball and all of that. And all of a sudden we get to the end of the season and, oh, everything's kind of wrapped up in a bow and done. And all you're really looking at again is um, who's finishing fourth and fifth. Yeah, which that is a separate story and that is a race that's definitely heating up. Is the fourth fourth and fifth and sixth race between the three London clubs. Um I think I think for me what I'm kinda of getting at is that it part of why I like the Premier League and part of what makes me defend the Premier League to a lot of American, let's say, traditional sports fans who are like, But there's no playoffs, how do you that's so boring, blah 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 is that I've I've kind of always said well, the nice thing about that is that it's actually just the best team that gets the title, almost always, because over the course of a 38-game season, it's really hard for the numbers not to like reveal themselves in the table. And so like City, again, are the best team, and their numbers are better than anybody else's. But there are those weird seasons that happen once in a while, where even though someone is like clearly the best team, they don't always get the title. And I think that's so hard for it to happen in the Premier League. As opposed to, like, take a perfect example. I think the best ever basketball team was the Golden State Warriors of 2015-16, I believe it was. And they had the most wins ever in a season. And they went into the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, at the very, very last hurdle, they lost the finals. And so, like, now nobody ever calls them the best ever team because they didn't get the championship trophy that season. Another notable example of that was in the NFL when the Patriots went undefeated and then lost in a ridiculous game to the Giants. And so to me, like, that's frustrating because, like, you should be able to say that that Patriots team or that Golden State Warriors team was the best ever team in that sport. But they don't get that recognition. They never will get that recognition because they managed to, like, slip up in one tiny instance but at a very particularly bad time of the year. Whereas in, in the Premier League, in European soccer, that doesn't almost ever happen. But in this case, like, it's pretty far into the season, and City should be running away with this league, but they're currently sitting in second. And, like, that is, to me, that's a really fascinating thing that can happen. Because the second best team only plays the best team twice. So if they can be, even if they're 90% of what City are, but they're still better than everyone else, then they can keep it really, really tight. Like, that's that's fucking crazy to me. Like, look at Liverpool this weekend, right? 4-0 against Bournemouth, but 1.8 on the XG. And so you talk about them overperforming a little bit. That's a good example of it. You don't score 4 on 1.8 very often. 
I mean, if we pull up the table, you know, Liverpool are overperforming by two goals. They have 34, their XG sum is 32. Um, but City are also overperforming very, very slightly. 45 scored on 43.6. So, you know, about two underneath, one and a half underneath. Um, but obviously, 43 XG versus 32 XG is insane. The only other team even in the remote realm of them is Chelsea with 30 XG created and 33 scored. Everybody else is in the low 20s. So, like, I don't know. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, Yeah, you're right, because it, it, it is strange, because for the amount that football fans and pundits have spoke about how far ahead City are, we've had seasons where you get to Christmas and Chelsea have been nine points clear, and tw- like 12 points clear, and bookies have been paying out on the win in the Premier League. Mm. Like, yeah, usually it's a publicity stunt, but still, yeah, there, there's been a sort of significant gap between first and second. So it is it is maybe a, a little odd. I mean, we, we were even saying last week, it was uh, brought up to me by uh, Sam Danby, who's uh, someone I play draft uh, fantasy football with, that we'd said last week, oh yeah, no, no one's catching City. And I think that probably is right in that eventually City probably will win. But it's funny that we we perceive them as so far ahead of everyone, and then this week, Liverpool have leapfrogged them. It's uh, it is a strange one. Yeah, because if City win five zero every match, and then Liverpool win one zero every match, they're still both getting three points on the table. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know, Chuck. What do you think about that whole like idea that it doesn't necessarily matter that they're the best team if they if the other teams can keep it sort of close? I think the psychology comes into it quite a lot. And I don't know, I th- I don't know how you feel, but let's say, for say, take last week. When, whilst Man City are above Liverpool and they're winning 4-0, 5-0, 5-0, 4-0, 3-1, 5-1, whatever, and Liverpool are doing ones and twos or, you know, this week against Bournemouth is it's probably one of the highest scoring games they've had this year because they've, they've, really being conservative for Liverpool, uh, at least recent Liverpool. How do you think is is more pressure? If if you're in first place and you're scoring lots of goals and there's just one team that's... Could it be that because they're winning 1-0, it feels like they're just doing enough to catch up with you? And are they just hanging on? Or if it then becomes the team that's in second place that is scoring or blowing teams away over and over again... But in first place, they're just winning one nil, two one, and just gradually drifting. I, I I don't know which which way you could you could argue the psychology would work both ways, and so I think now for Man City just not being top, it's really interesting, and, and they're not out of it at all by seeing now how they react. Does the game plan change? Do they do anything differently, or does Pep just continue being the guy that's like, well, we played a team that's in front of us, and we we do what we do and I want to play great football and that's kind of it. I think your point about psychology is really interesting uh, through the lens of Pep and his reaction to this loss um, because he has gone all out on the sort of verbal defensive and or attack with his interview since then. Like one of them things that he said was, oh, Chelsea didn't beat us. Chelsea scored one counterattack and one corner. And it's like, yeah, but that means you lost. Like, it, that is what it is. But he, he quickly was trying to be dismissive of the result and to be like, well, you know, they didn't deserve that win. 
which when you look at the XG is, is, you know, not really fair. Like maybe it should have been a draw, but Chelsea weren't like 0.2 and then they scored two or anything like that. It wasn't by any means a completely loss or a completely crazy result. And, and you see him saying now, quote, they won. Congratulations. They got three points and we didn't get anything, but we don't have any regrets. It's so emotional for me. And the day we lose, we lose in that way. You don't have to tell me how competitive this league is. It's you and your analysts that keep saying we are invincible, that we are perfect, how good we are, and that in February we're going to win the league. You said that. All of you. Not the manager, not the player, not the club. What happened last season was because we were incredible. But after that, when everybody wants to beat us, being in that position, we are playing a lot of games in the position that we have, in the way we want to play, and much more important than sometimes even winning today. So, like... That's a strong and strange psychological reaction to immediately be like, nope, we're not even good. What? They didn't deserve that win. What are you talking about? Who says we're good? You guys say we're good. That's not us. Like, yeah, yeah. that to me, that screams like internal panic. And that, and again, I'm not trying to blow anything out of proportion because it's one loss. And I yeah. still think City are the best team. But that's not if I was a City fan, that's not the reaction I want to see from Pep. I don't know. I don't see re- that really as being any different from what Mourinho would do when he's you know, taking the media pressure onto himself to deflect from the players. Because in that way, you know, he wants to make it clear, like, if, if if the way he plays or gets his team isn't by putting pressure, but by putting things into them, you know, tactically and uh, getting the drills right and, and getting their position in, as opposed to saying, you must win, you have to win, this is what we do. Like, he wants to deflect away from that narrative if he doesn't feel that it's beneficial for the way he wants to manage you all keep saying like we're the greatest. So you're the ones building us up for a fall. We're just, you know, 11 guys playing football. Sometimes results go your way. Sometimes they don't. And that, that happens to everyone. I don't think it means that you're not a great team or, or that you're incredible. They can, of course, have an end result. Like like you said, it, it, if you don't win the league, then it doesn't really matter how good you are. Uh, if you don't get through the playoffs, you, you might not get remembered. You know, no one bothers about second place at the FA Cup final or, or the third place playoff in World Cup or Euros. Um, England definitely don't. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't happen. No, but I, th- I think that's just his way of, of controlling it and, and taking the pressure off because there would be a huge amount of criticism about to be levelled at his players there all of a sudden because you know Raheem Sterling doesn't get it enough. For him now to then be part of that team that, oh, are they that good? Oh, right, now all of a sudden they can get picked apart for every bad thing they do. But when they were built up by that same media in the first place, I don't necessarily see that as him losing his shit or what have you, but I think it's definitely great that it keeps stuff alive. It gives us a load of stuff to talk about because this segment wouldn't exist if Man City had lost. And I was beginning to think whether we would ever actually speak in this way about Man City this year, because it's, it's not that fun or that easy to talk about a team that just blows teams away 4-0 every week and then just ends up, they win the league and you just have to talk about the league from second down as opposed to from top down. So I think it's fantastic. I think it's absolutely not the end of the road for Man City and anyone that writes them off is, is ridiculous in the same way that I don't think, Oscar, for you, like anything's over for Chelsea. I, you know, there's there's very much a third place that's alive um, at the minute between Chelsea, Tottenham and Arsenal. And it's great to see them trading blows and changing position in the league and beating each other. And, and 
getting some character into that top part of the table again. It's very, it's going to be very interesting, especially you know, given that January's right around the corner. Man City, Pep has said specifically they're not buying anyone, and third uh, of January you get to see those top two teams play each other again, and so early in the season, in in, in the second half of the season, sorry, and that could very much either blow it blow it wide open or potentially if Liverpool stay strong until then could City then catch them I'd be very interested in uh, hearing everyone's thoughts at that point if that happens great all right well that should wrap it up for that conversation so we'll take a quick break uh, and then we'll come back after the jump so stick around Welcome back to Miles Offside Podcast, where we talked quite a lot about football. And there's been a feature that we've missed in the last episode or so. I know you'll wait for it. It's time to find out how bad is Oscar in a predictor league? League of predictions where we see what happens when we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to football. 20 teams, 20 selections. What happens? Ugh. Um, I should really stream like that into a jingle, shouldn't Getting I? Getting longer and longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, guys, I've closed the file, so I don't know oh, where it is. Oh, fucking hell. Oh no, no, wait, don't worry. I've got it, I've got it. Uh, <laughs> drum roll, kind of. Add it, add it in afterwards. We have got a tie. Oof. At the top of the table, pad full mainstay at the top of the table has drip, dropped a little dripped he's dripped he's dripped, he's dripped the dirty get boy. it seen to get it seen to pad um he's dropped in points a little bit and john og has come storming through they are both on oh 44 God, he wasn't even second no he's come from out of nowhere threatening um at the top on 44 points second stroke then third place i guess uh friend of the show mr adam p to be fair they're all friends of the show aren't we Aren't they? Yeah. I keep saying friend of the show, just the <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's all we got. Small like. listener community. Yeah. yeah. Where's the Norwegians? For God's sake. Yeah. Uh, get them Scandies in. Uh, Adam P is third or second place, depending on how you look at things, on 46 points. Ian, you're just off on fifth with 52. Fifth? Ooh. Highest yet, I think. Chucky's down in 17th on 66. Ooh, that is a long drop. And Oscar propping up the table with his mighty arms. He's so strong because he can hold <laughs> everyone up. 86 points, buddy. You're dropping again. Oh, getting closer to the magic 100. Finley's on 84. Oh, oh it's coming for high. you, boy. Yeah, serious beef down there at the table, uh, at the bottom of the table, between Oscar and a child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a small child. So there we go. Ian, do you have some questions? Uh, yeah, we've had lots of questions this week. So we'll start with our traditional, though. We've got to, got to keep with tradition. Dave Matteo, he's, he's asked, um, how worried uh, is Chuck about relegation now that Southampton has signed Hasselhutl? Ha, Hasselhutl! Hasselhoff uh, as manager, and he can't rely on Southampton just being worse than Palace for safety. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you might have one. You might have one of your buffer teams out of the way now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because um, yeah, Southampton are really good now, and they didn't lose to Cardiff this weekend. Um, <laughs> not that worried. Um, I mean, what I am worried about is that last week I talked about the fact that he he left his job at Leipzig and are wondering what would happen. Um, yeah, he left his job at Leipzig like months ago. So if you ever needed to know validation that I actually know nothing about football, there you go, guys. Finger but I own, up, I own up to my my mistakes after listening yeah. to another podcast and going, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Funnily enough, the football ramble do know what they're talking about. Um, and they've been doing it longer than us. Cut us some slack. Just a little bit. Yeah, but are they the number one sports podcast for one hour on a random day in Norwegian? <laughs> in Norway. In Norwegian? Probably. When did we start speaking in Norwegian? Oh my God, was I drinking, Ian? Did no, I I've, been, I've been trans. I've been translating it into Norwegian and then just saying it all myself and then putting it out. Did I not tell you guys? Oh, you so. dubbing it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been dubbing it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you're coming at me with these sound words. I didn't. <laughs> coming at you with these sound words. <laughs> sound words. All words are sound, Ian. I don't know. Really, it's not necessarily if Southampton are worse. As long as three teams are, but yeah, it does upset me that Burnley got a win. Um, but at least Newcastle, Huddersfield, Southampton, and Fulham all lost. So you know we're all down there keeping each other company. No new manager bounce yet for them. No, no, Palace are fine. We, we shouldn't yeah. get rid of our manager at all. Um, get rid of everything, burn it down. But as part of this new section that I think we could should call uh, Chuck's Worries, uh, Adam P says, is Chuck worried that Redknapp might be the next <laughs> Palace manager? Oh, good. Chuck's Worries. I know, every question seemed to start, is Chuck worried or how worried is Chuck about the fact that he hates football? Yeah, when does it start to descend into, should we be worried about Chuck? He's been He's been tweeting some very melancholic music videos from like yeah. the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck's worries, by the way, to our Norwegian fans, the segment would be called Chuck's Bekimringa. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Norwegians would know what it would be called in Norwegian. <laughs> and the fact that Ian 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 overdubs all of this anyway, so they're Yeah. Yeah, he anyway, Red Nat's been on I'm a celebrity, right? Yeah. Yes, he he won it, yeah. Oh, did he win it? Okay. Didn't watch a single second. Yeah, he was crowned king of the jungle, or as our Norwegian fans would say, oh, Kongen of Jungelen. <laughs> I love that! Kongen of Jungelen. I was going to do it in a Norwegian accent, but I can't remember what a Norwegian accent is. And it I'm pretty sure I'm butchering these pronunciations, but that's okay. Kongen of Jungelen. We're going to be lower than 198 next week, I'll tell you. <laughs> that's the aim. Now we've got to be bottom. Now we've got to do Oscar's goal of yeah. finishing at last place in Norway. Um, no, no, Redknapp's not coming back, is he? Oh, no, I think, he, I think he's going to go showbiz now. I don't, think we're, I don't think we'll see him in football. He's big time. Again. Never again. Yeah, yeah he's, done his wheeling, he's done his wheeling and dealing. Oh, not if he is, you say that. Yeah. Well, it, 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 unless he's in Norway, mate, he's not listening. Um, okay, well, let's lighten it. Let's lighten the mood. Is, th- is this one going to be about, is Chuck worried? Because it very much <laughs> no. is going to turn into a depression section. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. We'll, light- we'll lighten the mood. Adam-, Adam P also asks, what's the best Christmas cheese? It's festive, festive question. Best Christmas cheese. Christmas cheese? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, you know, like, uh, Christmas is a time when, you know, you would m- maybe have a few more cheese boards than you usually would. Like I, you know, over Christmas I have like six cheese boards a week instead of four. 
Wait, is that like genuinely a thing over there? Like uh, your Christmas cheese? Like- well, I, no, I, there's not like specifically a Christmas cheese, but you know, obviously you have family coming over and you always buy an inordinate amount of snacks, including stuff you only buy at Christmas, like a barrel of Twiglets or, or cheese footballs or, or whatever that you would never buy at any other time of the year. And then, yeah, you just, there's always like big blocks of cheese because, you know, you pretend to be fancy and it was actually last Christmas when I, I started discovering my love for blue cheese because um, me and my dad sat down and smashed a bottle of port after we'd been drinking for several hours. And he got upset because I ate a lot of blue cheese and he wanted it. And I was happy because I enjoyed the blue cheese and, and drank a lot. Well, my favorite Christmas cheese, or as our Norwegian listeners would say, oh, Juliost. There's a word for Christmas cheese in Norwegian. Juliost or Juliost? I don't know. I don't actually have an answer to that. I just wanted to say Christmas cheese in Norwegian. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't even know Christmas cheese was a cheddar, thing. Cheddar? Really I, I like cheddar. Cheddar's good. I'll eat a block of cheddar by myself. No, one's all, no one else is allowed. I'm not sharing. So he, he, he's told us, he's told me what he thinks the correct answer is. He thinks there is a correct answer. And he says, uh, Wensleydale with cranberries. Um, I can see because cranberries are in it. Yeah. Festive. Fine. But that's a terrible cheese. That's, that's it's the worst just there, isn't the it? It's, it? To be fair as well, that was the first cheese that came to my head as I tried to think of a Christmas cheese. But oh, again, yeah, it's I one of those things that. you only buy at Christmas. And that's usually because you're getting an assortment and you want yeah. something to please everyone. And what's probably yeah. going to be left at the end? The Wensleydale with cranberry. That's it. That's the bounty, isn't it? In it's the, the bounty in the celebrations box. It's the tequila yeah. at the end of the house party. It's just what's left and all you can taste and remember in the morning. Meanwhile, Ian's supping on a nice glass of Baileys. Yep. Yeah, bashed out the um, please keep hiring me Baileys. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sorry, I can't agree with that, Adam. I can't agree with it. I understand why, and I'm down with like you know chutney and cheese, but I'm just cranberries in a in a crap mild cheese. I'm not having it. Not happy. What is your number one cheese? You haven't given us your Christmas oh, cheese. I don't, well, I mean, I'm a fan of blue cheese as well. I mean, probably just Stilton. I just I'm uh, yeah, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of taste, basically, Adam. I'm a fan <laughs> of taste. I want to taste cheese, not berries. Wanna, yeah, you exactly. prick. I want to yeah, I want to taste mold. Oh, that's what I yeah. want to taste. You hear that, Adam? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> One of our most loyal listeners. <laughs> Isn't he, didn't I curse him out a few weeks back too? Yeah, you did when you slagged off Arsenal for ages. And he thought maybe finally, hey, good news, Adam. We didn't talk about Arsenal overperforming their stats every week this week. Instead, Ian's just cursing him out over his yeah. terrible taste in cheese. Yeah, if he's listened this far, he doesn't have standards. So thanks for sticking around, Adam. <laughs> He's e- yeah, he's either a sadist or a masochist, whichever one that is, that likes punishment. And for that, we thank you, or as our Norwegian listeners would say... <laughs> oh my god! Tak duha. Oh no, it doesn't have to end, I like that one, say it again. Tak duha. That's thank you, it's four words, I don't know why it needs to be four words to say thank you, but that it seems, is. That seems lengthy, doesn't it? Uh, we've also, we've had a question from uh, Darren Hoy, I don't know if you remember Darren Hoy, does that name ring a bell? No. Uh, Never heard of him. If I said Emu Plains, would that jog your memory? Dave hey! Mateo's pseudonym. <laughs> it's Dave Mateo again. It's Dave's fake name. Hoy boy. The hoy boy. Hoy hoy. No, D- Darren Hoy of our uh, Outback Outrage episode, which was very he, popular. He, shat in, he shat on a riverbank, didn't he? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. What a hero. 
We like Darren. I'm glad, Darren, thanks for getting in touch again because I'm very upset because no one else gave us an embarrassing story and you stepped up to the plate, sir. Please make yourself known. You deserve some sort of commendation. Didn't we specifically leave his name out of the pooping himself story? (laughs) No, no, no. no. I asked him if it was all right to use his name and he said yes. Okay. Also, I don't know how many people lived in Emu Plains. I mean, it's probably fairly identifiable. Or as Um, it would be known in Norway... Emu sled. Oh no, no! We're putting a stop to this now. It's ridiculous. It's just too amusing. So anyway, he asks, um, and we've discussed best hair, but who has the worst haircut in the English Premier League? Um, uh, Javinho. No, you son of a bitch! That was my answer. He's in the Premier League, isn't he? No, who's no, he? Not he's, he's still playing. I don't know. He's around, but that just always sticks. The second I hear Premier League and bad haircut, bang, Javinia. I hate bald people, so I'm going to say David Silva. To be fair, he did. He there, there's a man with a drastic change in hairstyle. Well, didn't he have a hair transplant and then he's just decided uh, we'll fuck this off? I don't know. I'm just saying, bald people can go fuck themselves. You said that really aggressively, <laughs> looking at Ian right there. Yeah, I, know, I was going to say someone who's shiny pate at the minute is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am losing hair at a rapid. Rapid speed. Think of it more as migrating. Migrating from your head. Towards the back of my head. To your nostrils. Well, you are almost 40, so, you know, it's it's natural. I'm a Phil Foden contract away from being 40. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you're going to think of it in time? You're going to yeah. see the contract yeah, extension. That's, that's a unit of time now. Yeah, two years ago, you were a Paju contract away from being 40. <laughs> You're gradually uh. working yourself up to the Peter Check one-year extension. How, how does this happen? Who has the worst haircut? How does this happen? <laughs> how does I it don't know. to me being an old Because neither of us know anything about football, really. <laughs> yeah. Or what they look like. Oscar, I don't watch football, and all Oscar looks at is stats. <laughs> so neither of us have any idea what any of these players look like. I know, let's approach Ian and ask him if he wants to do a podcast and then we can just slag him off about his fucking age and how much, <laughs> how little air he's got. Oh my idea. God, we were open and honest about this from the start <laughs> and yet you come in, then you come in and you're on the thing with people around and go, oh, sympathise with me, oh, they're all bullying me. Literally, your idea. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, thanks for doing all the editing, mate, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Just a moment of silence for Marwan Fellini's terrible hair. R.I.P. in peace, Marwan Fellini's afro, because that was the best worst hair, and now we've lost it. So. Oh, yeah, but he's still a knob. Pulling, he pulled Gwendouzi's hair. Another person with terrible hair. Terrible hair. Seamless link to David Louise, also terrible hair, which we've mentioned. You know who genuinely had the worst, even more than Gervinho, who genuinely had the worst fucking hair? Was Marwan Chamak. Oh, God, that what was, was bad. What was wrong with his hair? It was like he was losing it, but wanted to stick down the front, but wanted to spike it up. I don't know. It was like a real backwards mullet kind of deal. It looked like he had been in some sort of car accident, and they weren't able to piece his head back together correctly. <laughs> yeah. Ian, what about your... Go on, we picked on you, Ian. Do you have someone with a terrible haircut? I've, I always just think of Kieran Trippier. I... I don't understand how you can look in the mirror and and go, yeah, that that that'll do. Fucking shocking! What is he asking for? Like, I want the blonde you to, Lego man. 
I want, yeah, I want you to cut the front bit as if as if someone's put a bowl on my head, and then just carry on cutting. But don't. It's fucking awful. He's, he's he looks an absolute <laughs> state state of him. I don't understand people with all the money in the world that still manage to look like total wankers. See also Simon Cowell. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, it's been a tough week at work. Um, <laughs> right, so. Uh, let's go with um, uh, tattoos. Queen Banger. She wanted us to talk about tattoos. She had a lot of questions. Have you ever thought about getting matching tattoos with someone? Oscar no. Tatted up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually do have a matching tattoo with my older brother. Uh, hi, George, if you're listening. Um, it was Christmas 2010, and he's a big nerd too, just like me. And so we went and we bought each other, quote unquote. Matching tattoos for Christmas. Uh, they are this. Oh, this might be one of the nerdiest things about me. Oh my god! Jesus. Uh, strap in, boys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I taught myself a bit of Elvish. Of course, you did. High Elvish, not low Elvish. So the one that they wrote their documents in and spoke at like religious ceremonies. You're not common. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I translated the word "younger brothers" and "older brother" into Elvish. Um, and weirdly, it's hard to translate brother because like there's a lot of different words for it in Elvish. And some of them mean like brother, like my countryman. And some of them mean brother, like what's up, bro? Uh, so it was hard to find the right one, but younger brother, older brother translated into Elvish. Which what's is What's up, bro in Elvish? I don't, I don't remember that bit of Tolkien. <laughs> oh, they had fraternities in college. So, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, mine is Toron Anessa and his says Toron Anyara. And then we got it in actual like Elvish script on our shoulders. So nerdy brothers matching tattoos. Yeah, that you're is, both looking at that me is like the nerdiest thing again. I've ever heard. That is pretty nerdy. When you say you bought each other, see, I've always thought this: you bought each other tattoos. So you basically bought yourself a tattoo. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said quote unquote. Yeah, because I I paid for his, but he paid for mine. We got them done at the same time on the same day, so it really didn't. Yeah, I don't. At all. I don't understand that. Me and my sister have done that with gifts before. Like just bought. Like if we're going to a concert, buy the other one's ticket. Like yeah, you're just going to a gig. Buy our own. We're just going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This seems like a big rigmarole. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's probably not listening to this. It doesn't matter. Is she in Norway? Maybe that's what it was. She just took 500 devices to Norway and just went download. <laughs> Chuck, if your sister is in Norway and you want to send her a greeting, then the way to say my family invented Twix in Norwegian is familian min opfant Twix. So repeat after me. Familian min opfant Twix. You are a twat. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect pronunciation. Next question. Chuck, uh, your your girlfriend Gina uh, asked us something on on Facebook, and said, uh, "What's what's the best stroke worst food from across the pond?" So, I mean, that works both ways. What, uh, Chuck? What do you think is the best worst food from uh, America and Oscar? Vice well, versa. Well, I've realised that because I was going to America a lot when I was a kid, and because when you when you're young, you end up liking things that are like super sweet or what have you that it means that my taste in American food is incredibly white trash. <laughs> Yay! Mountain Dew is the greatest thing in the world that has ever been invented in all the different colours, flavours, assortments, acidities, 
nuclear proficiencies, like however high they register on a Geiger counter, I love them all. I want them in my face. Give me that high fructose corn syrup. Um, mm. You do sound American. Hells yes. Um, it's Mountain Dew, y'all. I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Come at you like a spider monkey, Jim. Um, Talladega Nights? Is that Talladega Nights? Yeah, yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> Good pull. Great pull. He sat there for a while. I'm all scissor kick you in the face. Uh, God, I love that film. Um, and then the other two foods, and I'm so upset you can't get them over here. Ruffles do a sour cream and cheddar flavor. Ooh. And it's amazing, and you can't mm. get it here. You yeah. normally get sour sour cream and chive, or you get like cheddar and onion, mm. but like sour cream and cheddar. Wait, do you guys not have sour cream and onion? Because that's like my favorite chip flavor. No, we have sour cream and onion, but we don't have sour cream and cheddar. Gotcha. That's okay. like a whole new level. And um, proper Heinz uh, relish. So like, you know, the kind that when you go to the, the food carts in New York, Oscar pulling a face right there because he knows exactly what I mean. The green relish that you just you it's don't gross. get it over here. It's gross. No, it's amazing. I disagree. So what's the what's the worst food America gives us? Twinkies. I don't understand it. And cheese in a can. How dare you? Twinkies are appalling and they no, taste like aerosol. I don't like care aerosol. about Twinkies. Cheese in a can is an institution and delicious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. That actually belongs at the top of the best hyphen worst food because it is terrible objectively but <laughs> fucking delicious it's your christmas cheese it's my christmas <laughs> cheese. just spray it right in my mouth let's go yeah you can put some tinsel on it <laughs> we've had some disagreements in the past not many we usually agree on everything but how dare you insult <laughs> spray cheese come at me bro <laughs> oscar you've been over here a couple of times so what's what's the best and worst of english food uh love a meat pie can't get a good meat pie over here like there's just nowhere to get them but i love a good meat pie mm. um similarly the bangers and mash for lunch you can get sausages you can get mashed potatoes but like yeah. no one calls it bangers and mash and it's not the same kind of sausage yeah and bangers and mash is my favorite kind of meat pie too so like it, it kind of goes hand in hand um what Bangers and mash is your favorite kind of meat pie. Yeah, I definitely had a meat pie that was like mashed potatoes and sausage and gravy. In this country? In pastry. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a meat pie, it. yes. In, enclosed in pastry. Top, yes. side, bottom. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Where? Okay. Mini bangers and mash with onion gravy. There's a bunch of recipes online. BBC Good Food. I'm not one. talking. Don't give me. Don't give me that bullshit. Like you can cook it at home. I can make anything at home if I want. Like I, I, I want to know somewhere that you went. Where I'm not asking this because I don't believe it could happen. I want to find he it. Wants, he wants a bang as a mash pie. <laughs> <laughs> it was at Battersea Pie Station in Covent Garden. We went there together, Chuck, didn't we? Yeah, but they didn't do sausage and mash in the pie. They did. It pie. was like a daily special when I was there. It wasn't like on the regular menu, but it was like a. Special of the day kind of thing. But for all our London friends, if you haven't been to Battersea Pie at Covent Garden, it's fucking amazing. So make sure you check that out. And uh, the full English breakfast. Oh my god, I'm oh, obsessed course. with the full English. Of course. Nowhere in the world can do breakfast as good as we can. Correct. Although, to transition to my worst foods, 
Get your fucking black pudding out of my face. That's disgusting. Oh, God. What are you saying? It's gross. It's gross. No, it's gross. Stand by that. No, it's not. It's the It really is. It tastes like you're eating... I don't know. The texture of it is so off-putting. It's so... Dirt that somehow went bad is the texture. Bad and herby and (laughs) spicy and delicious. Yeah, and full of blood to satisfy... Your vampiric lust inside you. <laughs> I'm not grossed out by the blood part of it. I'm not grossed out by the taste even particularly because it's just a, um, a sausage, right? But like, it's so crumbly and mealy and dry and the fucking texture is just gross. It's gross. I'm sorry. There's no other word for it. I can't even like be eloquent about how horrible it is to put in your mouth. Well, now, hang on. Black, black pudding inside a bangers and mash pie. I mean, if I can dump gravy on it and it's mixed up with everything else, that might be fine. Just the consistency of black pudding on its own. No good. No thanks. I mean, fine, but you're wrong. Um, have yeah. you had uh, a scotch egg? Yeah, oh, I love a scotch egg. It's it's not a verb. Oh, it's just scotch egg? It's just a scotch egg. Okay. Just scotch and egg. Love a scotch egg. Love a toasty. If you coat it in meat and batter, then it's scotch. That's it. That's <laughs> okay. just, that's just okay. what Scotland is about. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's bring ourselves out of this. Uh, we were... We spent a ridiculous amount of time last week um, talking about socks. So I think I think we ought to start a, a new feature uh, called Sock It To Me. <laughs> Very nice. I thought you'd enjoy that. Um, so I, I mentioned him earlier, actually, uh, uh, Sam Danby, who I uh, play in a, a FPL draft league with. He he wanted to get involved in this sock chat. Um, he said he totally agrees with new socks every day. He's fully on board. Yes, fully on board. Oscar, we've been validated by a third person. We're not oh, no. we're not freaks. We're the majority. Oh, we found another freak. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean Ian this time. Look, if if all this podcast ever generates, if the only good thing that comes out of this is somehow we create a committee that enables us to never have to wear the same pair of socks again. Then, That'd be amazing. Oh, goodness. This podcast, if nothing else, is proof that weirdos can find each other on Twitter. God bless the internet. However. Uh-oh. He is sock OCD, he says, so he cannot abide odd socks. <laughs> we can't be friends. Chuck, you you literally posted tonight your picture of your odd socks. Yeah. He's put... But this is this is next level, I think. So I was... Yeah, you, you two were rightly stunned that you had both had this in common that you wanted a fresh pair of socks every day if if you had all the money in the world every day and uh but sam said equally annoying is two socks which have not been washed the same amount of time so weekly i have to pair them and ensure that the socks are of the same design but also of the same softness well the same structural integrity as well because sometimes the sock will stretch across the heel especially depending on how you put it in and it might not it might have lost a bit of elasticity so you know, you could be you could be on like a third generation sock and a first generation sock, um, and from whatever your purchasing cycle is of sock, and then yeah, you have one sock that you have to constantly pull up all day, right, 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 right. and and then the other one will just hold firm there. That's what I was going to say last week, Chuck, and I didn't want to get too deep into the sock talk, but I guess we're going <laughs> there. When you said, "Oh, that one potential solution is just to have the same sock everywhere and just have singles," I was like. 
then you're going to have some old socks mixed in with some new socks on your feet, and that sounds horrible to no, me. No, 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 When no, I no, buy no, socks, no, 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 no. you do that, you do May that. I please continue, and You never sir. wear the same sock again. You never wear it again, so it doesn't matter. I don't know. When I buy socks, I make sure to never buy the same socks. So, like, every time I buy socks, it's a set of socks that I have never purchased before. So that if a sock is matched with another one, I know that they're the same age. And then I never accidentally have old sock and new sock on one foot and the old foot. I defy you to go through your sock drawer and find every single one with a matching sock. Oh, no, I'm not saying I don't lose socks. I'm just saying I would never accidentally pair a sock that I bought two years ago with a sock that I bought one year ago. Because they just look fundamentally different. Every set of socks is a unique package, color, company, brand of sock that I've never purchased before. Only on this podcast could a comment <laughs> like Sam's be met with anything other than what the fuck are you talking about? Instead, <laughs> you go with aggressive agreement, get somehow taking it on to another level. Varying levels of sock freshness. It's such a... It, no, but he's not wrong. Like, it's a really good point. <laughs> It's a, like it's a, it, have you ever worn an old sock with a new sock? It ruins your day. It does, and and because uh, socks that won't stay up. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm pulling my socks all the way up to the max. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm wearing I'm not wearing socks with shorts, but I mean if I'm wearing trousers, like you know, I'm getting those bad boys halfway up the calf. So Chuck, question for you: ankle sock, no show socks, which are like the ones even below the ankle, or like old mm. school seventies sock up to the calf? What's your preference? If I'm ever in a situation where chances are, I mean, I, I don't really have a preference on like less socks, like the, the ankle sock or the no-show sock, did you say? Yeah, that's the name for it. I don't know like how else to describe it. If you're wearing, say, shorts, then you, you want one of those socks because, you know, you don't want to look like an idiot. They're, a, they're a horrible necessity, those socks, yeah. Yes, and you have to. Because it's just abhorrent to me if you wear shoes with no socks. Like, it's appalling. Yeah. I don't want to know about that. No, that's a good way to ruin a pair of shoes. Absolute swamp fest that's going on in your... And in it's your... a good way to ruin my opinion of you if you're wearing trousers and shoes but no socks. You're a yeah. fucking moron. Yeah, mm. I, don't, I don't need that trench foot up in my life. But as, <laughs> as we can detail right now from, from the picture, like, these bad boys are pulled up. See, those are too long for me. I can't deal with that. No, no, no. That's what I need. In winter, that's good. Yeah, and if you if you're sitting properly and your trousers ride up a little bit, it it doesn't matter. It's not as embarrassing. If if you know if your trousers ride up and and it starts to show a bit of skin, that's that's just poor form. Just get the right length trousers and you'll be fine. Yeah, but sometimes they you know they ride up a bit and you're sitting there. <laughs> it does, it does seem it's... like the easy solution. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, just wear wear a longer sock to compensate, and it's also a little hug and a performance uh, piece for your calves, so you can get the max out of your day when you're doing your gains. Those socks fall down to my ankles anyway. I can't keep them up, so I got to get ankle socks to begin with. Chuck, maybe if you didn't wear capris all the time, you would be fine. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Do you guys not have capris over there? Capri Sun. This this Capri Sun. No, Capri pants. Uh, three quarter length trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What am I, twelve? No, I'm not wearing fucking three quarter lengths. <laughs> okay, and that concludes this week's Sock It to Me. Exactly. A little respect <laughs> for socks. Ian, you're gonna have to develop strong opinions on socks if you're gonna continue to be on this podcast. I've got I've got some strong opinions, they're just not necessarily as developed. That's that's They're just not this, necessarily yeah. as weird. Yeah. I mean, I've played the jingle now. We're still talking about it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said... Your segment, mate. You know. Your segment. 
<laughs> Not sure I wanted this under my name, but okay. <laughs> um, I've got opinions. I've got opinions on socks. They're just not as developed as yours or as easily solvable as yours. Like Chuck's missing socks, I think, can be solved by not throwing away single socks ever and opening your dryer, apparently, according to last week. Anyway. So anyway, if you want to get in touch and get involved in Socket to Me, um, no football stuff, not interested. Um, but then you can tweet us at Miles Offside Pod on Twitter. We're Miles Offside on Facebook. Or if you've got longer opinions, essay length opinions on socks, then uh, Miles Offside Pod at gmail.com is where you can get us. Also, time is, uh, time is running out. But if you want to get a one month free trial of Amazon Prime, and this is now in the US or the UK, then you can check our show notes. There is a link in there that means. You will get a free month of Amazon Prime, so you can get all your Christmas presents delivered for free if you're quick, and we get a little kickback to us, which helps to support the podcast, because it is not free to do it, even at our level. So that would be lovely. Also, if you could rate, review us, iTunes, wherever you get your pods, then that would help us get to number one in some other countries as well, and stop Oscar from constantly translating into Norwegian. (laughs) Yeah, let's branch it out to, like, Sweden, or, like... (laughs) Denmark or something. Uh-huh. Hashtag big in Oslo. Is that Norwegian? Yeah. Big in Oslo. Uh, so maybe what I might do is just hijack Oscar's jingle and do rapid, rapid, rapid fire fixtures. Man City, Everton, 12.30 Saturday, Crystal Palace, Leicester, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Spurs, Burnley, Watford, Cardiff, Wolves, Bournemouth, Fulham, West Ham. Sunday, Brighton, Chelsea, Southampton, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. Thoughts? No? Okay. Gents, good night. Thank you very much. (laughs) Bye-bye. We can't claim to be a football podcast if we don't talk a little bit more about football than we have about socks. Oh, fine. Uh, Any games stand out for you? Uh, I'm curious to see, to get serious for a second, I guess, uh, Spurs, Chelsea and Arsenal going into this weekend because they are getting alarmingly close to each other in terms of like an actual race. And so, you know, Chelsea with Brighton, can are they going to have a random slip up again like they did against Wolves or are they going to keep going like they did against City? What happens with Arsenal? They're playing Southampton uh, and Spurs against Burnley. Both Spurs and Arsenal have very, very easy matches. Spurs at home against Burnley and Arsenal on the road to Southampton. Um, so is Chelsea going to be able to keep up with them? Are there going to be some fluky results anywhere? Because, you know, both Spurs and Arsenal are certainly capable of having a off day or a fluke crazy result so we'll see those those are the three that i have my eye on obviously as a chelsea fan but also in terms of like the big picture of the table you must be happier with how chelsea defended than your your main problem with chelsea this season has been the defense but and certainly the first half against man city that they were solid i mean they really did keep keep man city out you must be happy with that yeah i thought they did a really good job of um defending from the front so they were pressing a lot more aggressively than they had in a while, specifically having Hazard at the false nine, which we didn't even talk about. Um, yeah. Because that's what it's fucking come to at Chelsea is playing Hazard as a false oh, nine no over Murata. He has no strikers, exactly. But he was able to press the center backs really, really aggressively, um, which then sort of put pressure on Chelsea, on City from the very beginning. And then Jorginho, I think, did a better job of pressing and covering than he had in a while. Um, so I think if they can continue to do that with that level of intensity, 
that's the sort of the way forward for them defensively, as opposed to like getting it to the point where they have to rely on Alonzo and Luis to make plays. Um, because Luis was phenomenal in that game. And it really highlighted what Luis is good at, which is his passing and his forward runs. And so not defending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a good defender. He's Anyway, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Um, yeah, if they can keep pressing aggressively like that and maintain that high level of energy um, when they're off the ball and then do their possession thing when they're on the ball, which they should be able to do against a team like Brighton, if not as much as they could against City, obviously. Yeah, I think that's the way forward for them, at least until January, when maybe we'll be getting a left back that isn't Marcus Alonso. So scathing. Um, I'm quite looking forward to Liverpool-Man United. Obviously, it's a big rivalry for those two teams. And also with Man City being the earliest fixture of the week uh, against Everton, if they go ahead of Liverpool again, it really piles the pressure on. And at the opposite end, if Man City don't win or don't catch them, then Liverpool will get a real chance and against their their rivals to um, open up a bit of a gap at the top of the table. So a four-point lead for Liverpool would be great. And then, you know, if they can go through the festive schedule and um, and come out the other side at their game with Man City with that lead and then potentially open it up to a seven-point, then that would be very, very interesting. Wouldn't the most Mourinho thing be to just show up and like play twelve year olds and just get just destroyed show up. by Liverpool? Just show 10-0? up would be the most Mourinho thing in the world. Yes, <laughs> well, yeah. actually make it to the game on time or or play a team or don't throw Lucas Aid bottles around. Um, thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoy all this week's weekend's action. Uh, we look forward to. I was going to say hearing from you next week, but I guess you hearing from us next week. I don't know. Get in contact on the Twitters at Mars Offside Pod. Email your questions in. Ian, any closing thoughts? Uh, may all your socks be matched in both colour and freshness. Ah, oh, that's nice. That's really nice. That's really sweet, Ian. Again, only on our podcast could that be considered sweet. <laughs> yeah, after he spent half an hour slagging you off and calling you old. Thank you very much, guys. All the best. Take care. Bye bye. Hadet. <laughs>